4: Everybody. It's Wednesday, September 21st, 2022. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, M.G. Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio. And we got the specialists, a cast of dozens. Yay! That was put this <laughs> show together. Uh, Florio, it's it's been two weeks and the Buffalo Bills have just smoked their competition in both weeks. Um, as a friend of mine said, can we just sim to the end where the Bills are in the playoffs? It feels like that's what needs to like, you're just You're just playing out the string now at this point because I don't see anybody <laughs> certainly in the division. I, I, I don't know. I, I guess this week's a big one for you, right? But I feel like th- right now, it's just let's just get to the playoffs and see what the Bills can do.
5: Yeah, the, the hope right now is just get to the playoffs healthy. And, and for the first time in my life, that's the hope. Normally it's like we could hopefully we win nine games and squeak in as like the sixth seed or something like that. But yeah, I mean, I, I was talking to Zach before the show. Statement game on Monday night against last year's one seed.
4: Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be really really interesting uh, to watch this Bills team play uh, the rest of the year because they've looked phenomenal the first couple weeks of the season. Uh, we've got a lot to get to in the show today. We got some game previews for Week Three. We got some sleepers. We got some busts as well. But let's start with ah fantasy headline not a whole lot of news uh, in the last couple of days but we do have one notable headline mike evans uh was suspended for a game he appealed that one game suspension and as of thursday or a wednesday morning rather uh it has been upheld by the league office so that means that mike evans will not play this week against the green bay packers uh i mean florio this in theory, leaves them very shorthanded at wide receiver. So we know there's no Mike Evans. Uh, It looks doubtful that Chris Godwin is going to play. We don't know about Julio Jones. Is there any wide receiver in Tampa you feel confident starting this week?
5: It's a lot going to depend on Julio Jones, because if Julio Jones is active, and I'm hoping that he is, I know he tried to give it a go this past week. Uh, He had a limited practice on Friday, I believe, and then they said, oh, let's just hold him out. It makes sense when you have a veteran like that. You want him healthy for a team like the Bucks, who have Super Bowl aspirations. But if he plays, I, I would feel confident starting him. And if he sits, I would then pivot and feel confident starting Russell Gage. I mean, someone has to catch the ball from the goat, right?
4: <laughs> I mean, you would think so. Uh, I mean, I would say, yes, I'm with you on Julio Jones. If Julio doesn't play, I might even just pivot away from the Bucks. Like, I think, you know, there are other guys out there on the waiver wire uh, the good news is for fantasy, at least the wide receiver is deep. So maybe you don't have to force the issue, but you talk about Tom Brady. It's a good defense. He's facing this week in green Bay. Uh, do you have any level of confidence even you know, look, with or without Julio Jones? Would you feel confident starting Tom Brady this week? Cause I was this, he hasn't been great the first two weeks of the season.
5: No, he, he has certainly been a disappointment early on this season. And, uh, I think I have him ranked as a low-end QB1. That That's how I'm trusting him this week. Like you said, it is a tough matchup against the Packers, who I know their defense, Uh, like week one, didn't look as advertised, but they have a lot of talent uh, on the defensive side of that ball. It, it's kind of gross to say, Marcus, but a game where Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are starting, there's not a lot of people I feel great about in fantasy.
4: There's not, and maybe not even excited about either quarterback in this game, which is a weird thing to say when you're talking about (laughs) two of the greatest ever to play the position in the NFL. All right, uh, let's move on. We're going to do some heroes and villains. Let's start with our fantasy hero of the week, the guy that you think is going to carry your team to victory in week three. Who you got? I'm going with Jalen
5: Hurts here, and this is a guy who carried me to victory in week one. He carried everyone to victory in week two. And that's why I'm so excited about him. One, this Washington defense, we, we've seen them just get lit up by the Lions. Uh, they gave up a bunch of points in week one as well. And, and then Jalen Hurts, not only is he looking like a quarterback one, like he had a 53-yard touchdown on the money the other day. And I, I tweeted, I said, like, that that's really bad for the people who doubt him because if he's airing out 50-yard touchdowns, good luck stopping the rest of the way. And then just he gets near the goal line, and he's their RB1, like, like – he had a 20-something-yard touchdown run. He had a three-yard touchdown run. I think that this guy is legitimately Josh Allen's biggest competition to be the cute quarterback one this year. Maybe you put Lamar Jackson in that group as well. But I'm just riding out with Jalen Hurts everywhere, especially in a great matchup.
4: Yeah, it's funny you talk about Josh Allen, too, because he's sort of in the midst of a Josh Allen-type glow-up where you know we knew immediately that he could be a—, a threat running the football we wanted to see what he could be as a passer Uh, and so far I mean it's a small sample size in 2022 but he really has elevated his game throwing the football as well so uh, he really seems to be on that path I'm gonna roll with Derrick Henry and I know that he has not looked like El Tractor Cito necessarily the first couple of weeks I mean they were just completely shut down by the Bills on Monday night but For the Titans, in terms of getting things turned around and getting their offense back on track, it really does start with Derrick Henry. This is a much better matchup for them in terms of their offense going against this Raider defense. They will give up some yards on the ground. And I just really think this is a week where you see Todd Downing and that offense go back to fundamentals. Let's hand the ball to Derrick Henry. Let's play power football. Let's run and let's try to get some yards on the ground and get this. That, that I think opens things up for everybody else, for Tannehill, for Traylon Burks, for this whole offense. So, if you have been frustrated by Derrick Henry the first two weeks, uh, I think Florio, this is a week that you can you know hopefully breathe a little bit easier, and he'll look like the guy you spent probably a first round pick on. Yeah, it it, it was
5: a clear emphasis uh, by the Bills in week two to like. Derek Henry wasn't even getting to the line of scrimmage before he was getting contact made by a defender. Like they were basically, and, and I think that could be a hurdle for Henry all year is like teams are daring Ryan Tanhill and those receivers to beat them. And they're like anyone but Derek Henry. Uh, and someone on Twitter, I was like, is Derek Henry look a little slower? Or is it just me? And someone was like, no, this is a Derek Henry game. He gets hit behind the line of scrimmage and then he breaks out like a 70 yard touchdown run. And I was like,
4: yeah, that's going to happen
5: sooner or later.
4: Yeah, well, good for you. It didn't happen against the Bills, but uh, Raider (laughs) fans, beware, it could happen against you. Uh, So that's the up. Let's go with the down. Who is your fantasy villain? The star player uh, that might leave you disappointed this week.
5: I'm going with DJ Moore here, who I know a lot of people had high expectations for. In some drafts, he was going as a wide receiver one. Uh, But week one, he disappointed. And in week two, I I know he had a good game. It was really two catches in the second half. He had like one, like 30-something yard catch, and then he caught a touchdown. And I don't think we can rely on him to catch touchdowns every week. This is a guy who's had four touchdowns in each of the last two seasons. So with Baker Mayfield spreading the ball out, and he's not throwing it as much as we want to DJ Moore or Christian McCaffrey because he's getting other secondary receivers more involved. I I think in a tough matchup where Moore's probably going to have a lot of Marshawn Lattimore on him, I am weary of what he's going to do this week.
4: On top of it, Matt Rule saying earlier in the week that he wants to get more wide receivers on the field, saying he wants to get LaVisca Chenault involved, which a couple of years ago would have gotten me really excited. I I can't really get behind that uh, at this point. Um, My fantasy villain of the week, we sort of touched on it. It's Aaron Rodgers going up against the Buccaneers because week one, we saw they were awful offensively uh, in that game against the Vikings. Week two was slightly better against the Bears, but – it looks like this team is going to have to live and die with their running game primarily. It's going to be a lot of Aaron Jones this season, a lot of A.J. Dillon. Those guys will work into the passing game, but I don't think we're going to see a ton of big-time Aaron Rodgers games until he feels more comfortable with his wide receivers. On top of it, it's just a bad matchup against this Bucks defense. This is uh, considered to be one of the lower-scoring games potentially this week, which is a weird thing to say when you have Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers on the field. But this feels like if you have another option at quarterback or if there's somebody on the waiver wire that maybe has a better matchup, I would really consider them this week over Aaron Rodgers. And that that feels kind of dirty to say.
5: I, I don't think it is, though, because it's like you said, not only are they so reliant on the running game, but like they're controlling the clock. They're not having Aaron Rodgers throw it as much. And then he doesn't have like a field stretch or anything where like he could pick up points in chunks. His best options are throwing it to the running back. So I, I agree with you. I, I have Rodgers as a low-end QB1. Uh,
4: just, like, man, life, you, fast, coming all the time. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into our game previews. We'll start with the TNF game, Steelers at Browns. You can see that at 815 Eastern on Prime Video or streaming on NFL+. Plus uh Najee Harris it has not been a spectacular start to the season for him I know people had concerns about him coming into the year although I think we sort of brushed them off but through two weeks how worried are you about what you've seen from Najee
5: I'm not super worried because week one I know he he didn't live up to expectations but he left the game with his ankle injury and then last week I, I was where I was low on him I barely had him as a top 24 ranked running back uh, uh, on Sunday to see him get 15 carries, six targets, touch the ball 20 times, despite knowing what we knew about his ankle, I think you have to take that as an encouraging sign. I know he didn't have that big blow-up game yet, but if he's touching the ball 20 times a game, there's going to be better results ahead. And so I'm not super worried, Marcus. In fact, I think I would be more willing to try to trade for him now if the person who drafted him is worried.
4: That might be actually a pretty good idea. I, just, I still have confidence in him just because, as you mentioned, the volume of touches is going to be there, whereas there are so many places around the league. We see multiple running backs getting opportunities and kind of rotating through. This is Najee Harris's backfield. I mean, unless something really catastrophic happens, I just don't see him not getting a whole lot of touches. So I, I at least have that level of confidence in him. Speaking of confidence which wide receiver do you trust starting more? Is it Deontay Johnson on the Steelers side, or is it Amari Cooper coming off a big week uh, in that game against the Jets?
5: I'm the one that writes about Amari Cooper every week as a sit. This is the third straight (laughs) week in a row. I've included him in the start sit as a sit. And and what I said there was like, I think we got the full scope of Amari Cooper through the first two games of the year. He's going to give you like five points or like 20 points and probably not a whole lot in between. The exact opposite is Deontay Johnson. Like, he's going to get you 10 targets every game, it feels like. Uh, he's just the much safer bet. So, I hate that we're putting both of these guys in this conversation because it means that they haven't lived up to expectations, but I definitely feel better about Deontay than Amari right now.
4: Absolutely. I just feel like there's more consistency on the Deontay Johnson side with Amari, than with Amari Cooper. You talk about maybe trying to trade for Najee Harris. I think this is the time to trade away Amari Cooper because – I don't know that his value gets much higher than it is right now. I mean, coming off that game with 100 yards and a touchdown, uh, this is the time that maybe you try to send Amari Cooper to somebody else who has wide receiver issues because, as you mentioned, it's going to be a roller coaster. There will be other big games for Amari, but uh, they're not going to be very consistent. So this, this might be the time to move. Check out this nugget. Our friends at the NFL research team found us this week. Three rookie wide receivers are top 15 in fantasy after two weeks. Garrett Wilson is 12th. Drake London is 14th. Jahan Dotson is 15th. Meanwhile, no rookie wide receivers were top 15 after the first two weeks in 2020 or 2021. So, first-year pass catchers are showing well in the first couple weeks of the season. Of those three that are in the top 15 right now, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, or Jahan Dotson, which one would you want for the rest of the season?
5: I'm going to go with uh with our boy. I'm going to call him Marcus. I'm going to go with Drake London here. And part of it is just because of how much volume he's getting. He's in the top four in targets uh, on his routes that he is running this year. And I know that is a very big uh, popular stat in the fantasy community right now. He actually leads the NFL in that stat right now. So no one is getting targeted more on their routes than Drake London. Plus, Uh, he can win downfield in chunks. We know he's a good red zone presence. So I I thought he was the wide receiver one coming into this year and seeing all the volume that he's getting that just, I I like all three of these guys, but London is the one I'm going to ride with the most.
4: You know, I love Drake London. So it feels a little blasphemous for me to pivot now and say Garrett Wilson is the guy (laughs) that I want for the rest of the season. I do think it's a coin flip though, right? I came into the year thinking Drake London was going to be the top scoring wide receiver, but Garrett Wilson Maybe it's a little bit of recency bias after what happened over the weekend against the Cleveland Browns, but I do love the fact that they are using him downfield just from just played up straight up. eye test and talent. Uh, He looks like that guy there in New York. Plus at least early on in the season, he's getting more end zone targets London has the one touchdown, but it was a catch and run. It looks like the jets right now are targeting Garrett Wilson in the end zone. So that certainly helps his touchdown upside, but um again i don't i don't think you can lose either way between either one of these guys and look that that's not even to knock Jahan dotson who's been really good chris olave who uh is really starting to i think break out there in new orleans as well so any one of those those rookie wide receivers if you've got them you've got to feel pretty good about what you've seen from them through the first couple of weeks of the season all right let's get to our game previews for the week we will start with the texans at the browns the texans who are feisty i mean they don't have a win yet they're oh one and one but they've been pretty feisty so far this season uh anybody that you're looking at specifically though in that game
5: yeah i think damian pierce there is a sleeper and i know coming into the year we were all super bullish on him and then week one happened and we were like what is going on he's playing behind rex burkhead and everything and then he very quietly went out in week two, played 63% of the snaps. He saw all 15 running back carries. Uh, he only had one target, but that should increase as the year goes on. Just the fact that he's out there for over 60% of the snaps, he's dominating all the carries. To me, I think that was a big story in week two that did not get nearly enough uh, talk about on, on fantasy Twitter or anything like that. So I think if you, if you have Damien Pierce, you could consider getting him in your lineup this week.
4: It's weird to me when things like that happen where a guy goes from, like, especially a rookie, goes from playing very little in week one to suddenly playing a lot in week two, and it's like, well, wait, what, what happened? I, I don't know. I can't explain it. I'm sure there are, there are <laughs> reasons inside the Texans building uh, that are, are not made public to us, but it's good to see him getting that snap share that we wanted. Uh, Raiders at the Titans. I like Derek Carr as a streamer this week. And, look, the first two weeks, I think, have sort of been – The story of Derek Carr. Week one, it was a rough go against the Chargers. He finished barely as a top 25 quarterback. Then he comes back against the Cardinals, and he's a top 10 quarterback the very next week. So it's sort of been the full spectrum of Derek Carr in the first two weeks of the season. Meanwhile, the Titans, their secondary has had some issues. And, yes, it's one thing when you're getting lit up by Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. That's happened to a lot of defenses it's another thing when Daniel Jones looks halfway decent against you and is like a top 15 fantasy quarterback. Uh, I think if, if Daniel Jones can sort of do that with a nondescript group of receivers, I feel like Derek Carr and Devontae Adams can do some really good things against the Titans this week down in Nashville. It's time for Who's Going to Eat presented by Uber Eats. Managing a fantasy team and hitting refresh on your scores works up an appetite, so order with Uber Eats today. All right, Florio, Chiefs, Colts, who you think is going to ball out in this one?
5: Yeah, I think we should be starting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and I'm, I'm pretty bullish on him right now. And I know if you look at his start of the season, you're like, wait, it was weird. He didn't have a whole bunch of touches in week one, but that was because it was a blowout. And this past week, he only played 43% of the snaps, but... I think when you dive a little bit deeper, there's a lot to like with Clyde edwards E'Laire. He's consistently being used in the passing game. He had a 52-yard run where he looked really good. And then I know the snaps are low, but there was a point in the game on Thursday night where a defender stepped right on his knee. And the rest of that drive and the drive after CH was on the sideline, that's when Jarek McKinnon scored the touchdown. Um, I think the way that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been playing, he has been by far their best running back, I would say, in the passing game and on the ground. And I think, in a normal game, he's going to get a lot more work, so I would be starting him. I'd be trying to trade for him right now if I could as well.
4: I also think he's kind of a reminder to all of us not to give up on a guy after you know a year or two. Um, you know I know year one was underwhelming, year two as I mentioned he had that offseason surgery and uh, you know lost a lot of weight. year three, it looks like he's kind of finding his groove here, so I, I definitely can get down with that. That was Who's Gonna Eat presented by Uber Eats, the official on demand food delivery partner of the NFL. Even if you make the wrong fantasy lineup call, make the right call on delivery. Order with Uber Eats today. Uh, Bills at the Dolphins. This might be the game of the week, at least on paper, after what the Dolphins did to the Ravens, what the Bills have done the first two weeks to their opponents. but. I think you sit Devin Singletary in this one. One, because I can see this turning into a bit of a track meet with both teams getting up and down the field, throwing the football. And as much as I like Singletary and I've been pleasantly surprised by his usage the first two weeks, the Bills really are spreading the ball around in their backfield. We saw more James Cook in week two. Zach Moss is still there getting opportunities. And really, no, none of these guys are getting enough touches to really be fantasy relevant, not to mention the fact that the Bills continue to score the way they have been Continue to blow teams out, then you're just not going to see a whole lot of either of these guys. So I feel like, Florio, we can always deal with a two-headed backfield. It's when it turns into a three-man backfield. And I guess if you include Josh Allen, it's a four-man backfield. That's when it gets a little bit dicey. So uh, as much as I love Devin Singletary, I, I can't rock with him this week.
5: I'm with you. I, I think he's the best Bills running back. But because they use three and then Josh Allen can always vulture the touchdown, I, I think you just have to stay away.
4: Yeah, so uh, stay away from Bill's running backs, but specifically uh, Devin Singletary. Time for another break. We'll come back. We'll get into some more of our game previews, including it's the Carson Wentz Bowl in Washington this week. Stay tuned for that on the NFL Fantasy Football Show.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better.
2: kemba financial credit union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs apply today at kemba.org to unlock a limited time two percent cash back on purchases and pay zero percent interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from kemba you deserve a card that works for you restrictions apply offer ends june 30th 2024 (sighs)
3: spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com
4: NFL Plus is the league's new exclusive video streaming subscription service. NFL Plus has your game day covered with live, local, and primetime regular season and postseason games right on your phone or tablet. NFL Plus is available in the NFL app and at NFL.com. Subscription plans start at just $4.99 per month. Fans can visit plus.nfl.com and sign up for a free trial of NFL Plus today back to our game previews let's look at the lions and the vikings i mean it talked about the texans being frisky the lions uh looking pretty frisky as well dan campbell got people out biting kneecaps and that whole thing uh against the vikings who did not look particularly great on monday night against the eagles but uh, you believe in the vikings quarterback this week huh
5: Yeah, I I wrote about him as a start in in this Stardom sit column. And my thing was like, I had him as a start in week two. That was my bad for not realizing it was a national televised game. Because we all know what Kirk Cousins does in those games. But I feel much better about him this week against the Lions. First of all, the Lions have allowed the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks so far this year. And both of their games have been higher scoring affairs, which is awesome for fantasy purposes. And then Cousins just has a track record of success against them. Last year, he played them twice. First game, he threw for 275 with a touchdown. And then in the second game, 340 and two scores. So I trust this uh, Vikings passing offense. I don't think the Lions are nearly as scary as a matchup as the Eagles. I I would ride with Kirk Cousins this week.
4: Plus, we saw Carson Wentz have a big number against them. I know a lot of it came in the second half when the game was pretty one-sided. But uh, I think if if Wentz can do it, I think Cousins can do it too. Um, Ravens at the Patriots. Uh, the, The Patriots offense has been kind of a slow starter this year, not particularly exciting. I think you are just beware of Damian Harris right now. He's getting most of the rushing work in this offense, but... It hasn't really amounted to much in terms of fantasy production. I think we're going to see more Ramondre Stevenson this week, especially with Ty Montgomery on injured reserve, especially if the Ravens score the way they did last week against Miami. Uh, I don't know that we're going to see a lot of Damian Harris. And on top of it, even if we do, Baltimore's run defense has been pretty good the first couple weeks of the season. The Dolphins could not run the football very well against them last week. So uh, Harris was a guy that, even when I did draft him, I never felt great about it. And nothing that I've seen the first two weeks. Uh, has changed my mind about Damien Harris, so I would, if I could, uh, leave him on my bench and see if you have some other options uh, at the running back position. Bengals at the Jets. The Jets are—they're fun. You know, we talk about Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore. I know hasn't had the huge game yet, but I think that's coming. Anybody else though for Gang Green that uh, you feel is worthwhile this week?
5: Yeah, I think both of their running backs can be used as flex options. I don't love either of them as more than that, but if you have one of them, I think you can go ahead and flex them because for two straight games now, we've seen them basically split the work. I know in week two, the major- the majority of snaps went Michael Carter's way, but they both had seven carries. Carter's some more targets, but it was Brees Hall who got the the carry near the goal line, scored the touchdown. I think that there's just right now, there, it's it's a split between these two guys and, and neither one, it hurts them because neither one you could start as like an RB2 or more than that. But again, I think because they're both splitting the work right now and what could be a higher scoring game this week, low key, I think, I, I think they're both in play as flex options.
4: They are definitely in play as flex options. And I think this is kind of what it's going to be all year where they're both getting opportunities and some weeks one will have a bigger week than the other one and we won't always be able to figure out which is which. Uh, because they both do a little bit of everything, too, so that's going to be kind of hard to figure. Uh, Eagles at the Commanders, a.k.a. the Carson Wentz Bowl, his first opportunity to play against the team that drafted him. I like Logan Thomas as a sleeper this week, partially because you know we definitely need more tight ends in our lives. Uh, but Logan Thomas getting some work the first couple of weeks of the season. We we spent a lot of time talking about the wide receivers there in Washington with McLaurin and Dotson and Curtis Samuel, but uh, very quietly Logan Thomas is getting some opportunities. Plus, the Eagles continue to still struggle against tight ends i mean we we saw irv swerve a little bit at least he, you know, he had a couple passes he got in the end zone so uh, irv smith sort of came to life so i like logan thomas potentially uh, as a sleeper in case you're looking for some tight end help in week three saints of the panthers uh a an nfc south clash uh, the saints kind of licking their wounds after losing last week the panthers still trying to figure some things out uh who is a player of note for you in this one
5: I think Chris Olave is a sleeper here for the Saints. We know Michael Thomas is their wide receiver one, but Olave came to life in week two. He we got some more work there. He saw 307 air yards, according to next gen stats. <laughs> and in the next gen stats era, which starts in 2016, that is the third most a player has ever seen in a game. Only Mike Evans and Marquise Brown in previous years have seen more. So I know it didn't lead to a a bunch of long touchdowns or anything like that in week two. But if you're getting that many air yards, eventually you're going to connect. You're going to have some long touchdowns there. O- Olave, like you said, when we were talking about rookies, he's coming to life. And I-, I think he's in play as a sleeper this week.
4: He's getting air yards and he's getting a decent target share. A lot of times you just, you know, you see guys like, hey, just go deep and maybe we'll throw it to you. But like they actually throw it to him too. 13 targets, targets in week two. 13 targets, man. With 307 air yards. It's a, <laughs> a bananas combination. Absolutely. Jaguars at the Chargers. Jacksonville looking a lot better. Uh, the first two weeks of this season compared to the first two weeks of last season. Although that bar is pretty much you know below ground, <laughs> it's not really a hard one to clear. Uh, for me though, James Robinson has become a must-start after what he's done the first two weeks of this season, and. Uh, maybe I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to everybody out there listening to this show because I drafted James Robinson, but I didn't have the guts to start him in the first two weeks of the year. But he's getting plenty of opportunity and he's looked great. I mean, the way he looked against the Colts this past week, uh, you said it, a lot of other people have said it, it looked like he never tore his Achilles tendon. It looks like the same guy we saw uh, at the beginning of last season. And so. Uh, I think at this point he is the Jaguars RB1 and Travis Etienne has sort of become the complement back there. The Charger run defense is admittedly better this year than it has been in past years, but even then it's uh, still sort of an average run defense. So if you've got James Robinson, I mean, unless you're rocking with some weird combination of like, you know, I don't know, Jonathan Taylor and Saquon, like you got to find, room <laughs> in you know, got to find room in your lineup for, uh, for James. Robinson Agreed this week. Yeah. Um, Rams at Cardinals Uh, look the Rams passing game starting to get on track the Cardinals somehow won I don't really know how they did it I need to go back and watch (laughs) that game again because it seems like a borderline miracle but uh, anybody of note for you in this one
5: yeah and I know you pointed out uh, that how much he was being used when you were watching him live last week but I think Tyler Higby should be started pretty much everywhere unless you have one of the elite tight ends this week Higby right now leads all tight ends With 20 targets this season and 96% of the snaps. So he's not leaving the field. He's being heavily involved in the passing game. He's the tight end seven on the year. And then he gets the best possible... I know it's only two weeks into the season. But the Cardinals have allowed by far the most fantasy points, yards, catches, and touchdowns to tight ends. Like They're allowing almost 30 fantasy points per game to tight ends. Some tight ends don't even have 30 points scored on the year. So... That tells you how badly they've struggled against the position and all of their games. They've allowed a lot of points as well. So I think this could be a game where like Cooper cup gets his Allen Robinson gets his, and there's still enough for Tyler Higby to get his.
4: Tyler Higby is the number two target on the Rams offense by a pretty wide margin. I mean, it's Cooper cup, then it's Higby, and I think like Allen Robinson's third with like nine targets or something like that. It's a pretty, pretty sizable gap there. By the way, the Cardinals have faced to start the They faced Travis Kelsey, they faced Darren Waller, and now they're going to face Tyler Higby. That's uh, a pretty tough row of uh, of tight ends to start the year. Falcons at Seahawks in a bird matchup. Uh, I'm gonna go <laughs> last week. Last week, I was not in on Cordero Patterson, and he really didn't do much. I think he just got you like four, maybe five points last week. This week, I'm a little bit more in on him against the Seattle defense. They gave up a lot of yards on the ground. I know the Niners are run heavy, and they're very effective running the football, but I think the, the Falcons will find a way to run the ball as well against uh, the Seattle defense. Weirdly, last week, being, being in person to watch that game, there's a lot of Tyler Algier on the field, and they split their carries pretty evenly. But I still thought Patterson was effective with the football in his hands. I think he's going to get the football in his hands again. I also think this is going to be a closer matchup. Last week, the Rams kind of ran off and hid, and so I think that changed a lot of what the Falcons wanted to do. I think this is going to be closer, so you can see Patterson get more touches as both a runner and a receiver. So if you benched him last week, uh, I think you can start him this week. Uh, Packers at Bucks, which we've talked about a couple times, is you know, going to be weirdly a low-scoring game. What are you doing here?
5: Yeah, this is a kind of straightforward game, I think. I think you play the running backs on both sides. uh, And and then after that, it's a little dicey. So I I do think, though, we talked about a little bit earlier that if Julio Jones plays, I think he is a strong streaming option just because no Mike Evans. I don't expect Chris Godwin to be out there. So on volume alone, I think Julio would, uh, would work his way in as a wide receiver, too, with more upside than that. We saw in week one, he can still play. We just need him to be healthy. And if Julio sits, I think then you can pivot to Russell Gage. I don't feel as great about that one as I do about Julio. But again, someone's going to have to get those targets. So 10-plus targets could be in play for Russell Gage. So that alone keeps him in play as a streaming option.
4: Man, it's going to be a weird game. Um, I, I, I kind of want to watch it, but like watch it between my fingers like it was a scary movie or something. It, just <laughs> might be, it might be a little bit gross. Uh, Sunday Night Football, the 49ers at the Broncos. I say you got to just sit Russell Wilson this week, partially because the Broncos still seem to be trying to figure some things out offensively. It has not been pretty for them the first two weeks. I mean, I know Russ threw for a decent number of yards against the Seahawks, but it still was kind of sloppy. And then last week against the Texans, it just was a mess offensively. And I think it'll get better, but maybe not this week, because the 49ers obviously are very tough defensively. I just – I got to believe there are better options out there for you on the waiver wire or maybe on your roster than Russell Wilson with an offense still trying to figure it out. Plus, we're still trying to wait to see exactly what's going to happen with Jerry Judy as he's dealing with, I don't know what it is. It started as a shoulder, then it was a rib, now it's like a chest injury, whatever, upper body, whatever upper body issue that Jerry Judy is having. Uh, we'll see what his status is this week, but I'm not uh, Flora, I, I think we've seen a lot of the let Russ cook memes with like people who are you know, <laughs> like boiling hot dogs and putting them on on white bread like uh, Russ cooking has not been a great option this year.
5: No, it, it has not. And I, I'm with you. I have him as a sit in this week's stardom sit him article. Uh, the Niners are a tough defense, too, man. So I, I just I don't love Russ. I have him outside my top 12 easily this week.
4: Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, I think it, I think it gets better, but this is not a week that I'm willing to to roll the dice uh, and take the chance on that. It is thirst trap time. Those guys that uh, on paper look kind of sexy to be in your lineup, but uh, you know could end up going sideways for you this week. So, uh, Florio, a chance to sort of redeem yourself because you had Jalen Waddle <laughs> last week as a third. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that didn't quite that didn't work. Out. Uh, so, so this week, uh, who is the thirst trap that you, you may want to think twice about before you uh, slide in the DMS there? Uh, I'm going to say it's Ezekiel Elliott, which
5: naturally means he's going to have a 40 point game this week. So get him in those <laughs> lineups. Uh, no, I, I think there are reasons to be concerned with Zeke. Like he's ran the ball effective this year, but it's led to him scoring like five fantasy points each game because Tony Pollard is taking away a lot of those valuable targets. And last week. Zeke was targeted twice, caught one for negative four yards. Tony Pollard, on the other hand, seven targets, four catches, 55 yards. And I know there's just this thought whenever Zeke plays the Giants, like he beasts against this team, he goes off against them. But one, if he's not getting targets that normally, that naturally caps him. And then also, uh, the Giants have been pretty good against running backs. Like they're middle of the pack right now in points allowed to running backs, but that's not bad considering they face Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey to open the season.
4: Yeah, that's true. Uh, although we're at, I think we're at a point through the first two weeks where, you know, for all the hype about Zeke and Tony Pollard, neither one is particularly usable because they're they're splitting the workload there in Dallas, and both of them are incredibly touchdown dependent the first couple of weeks. Um, my thirst trap is Aaron Jones, and I, I don't know that he necessarily falls off a cliff and gives you a terrible game, but uh, I don't know that you'll be especially excited with what you get out of Aaron Jones, just because the bucks really tough against the run maybe he sort of makes it up in terms of his target share and catching the football and maybe because the packers are going to turn to him as the focus of the offense but i think this is a low scoring game i don't expect either team to score a ton of touchdowns and if jones can't run the football effectively it may just be kind of a mediocre day look you probably don't have better options on your roster you're probably in a situation where you have to start aaron jones but I don't know that it's going to be a really nice day. It's certainly not going to look anything like what we saw against the Bears on Sunday night. Um, we've talked a lot about this, this Packers-Bucks game. I don't, I don't think we planned it. It just sort of happened that we ended up talking about this game a lot. It, uh, it's weird. It's just weird to think that, that Brady and, and Rogers may not score a lot of points.
5: Yeah, and I was going to say, for all the concerns that you have about Aaron Jones, I think you have to apply them to A.J. Dillon as well.
4: Oh, absolutely. I think they they stand absolutely for A.J. Dillon, who, you know, is sort of the 1A, I guess, to Aaron Jones there in Green Bay. Let's get to some of our top sleepers for week three. Florio, who you got?
5: I know Patriots fans sometimes think I like to pick on them. And I mean, I do because they've dominated the division (laughs) for two decades, but I'm going to give them some love here. I think Jacoby Myers is a sleeper this week. And in fact, I think he's someone that you could actually pick up and just start. He is a 30% target share this year, a 37% air yard share through two weeks. Both are top 17 in the NFL. That target share is top 12. Um, and then he's the wide receiver 23 on the season. So he's been like giving you a safe floor of double-digit fantasy points. And then this week, the matchup can't get any better. I mean, the Ravens have been getting got by every receiver. They're allowing nearly 70 fantasy points per game to the position, which is insane. So I, I think in a game where the Patriots may have to throw to keep up with Lamar in that offense, I think Jacoby Myers is in play as a wide receiver three or flex option.
4: I do love that this week. He is on my list of sleepers as well. Um, you know, even with even if you take out what the Dolphins did to the Ravens last week, I mean, in week three or week one rather, uh, you know, you had Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson, and Elijah Moore all put up relatively respectable fantasy numbers uh, against the Baltimore secondary. Minus Cam Akers, and I know it seems weird that I'm talking about a guy who was a third-round pick in a lot of leagues as a sleeper, but this is sort of where we are with Akers as he's slowly increasing his opportunities every week. We barely saw him in week one, saw him a little bit more in week two, and even though, according to the eye test, Daryl Henderson was better, it was Akers that got the majority of the carries, did get a few targets in that game as well. I think Sean McVay, I mean, granted, Sean McVay is always unpredictable, But I do think he wants Akers to get more opportunities. I think they want him to be that lead back. And the Cardinals defense has been awful in the first two weeks of the season. So, uh, you know, I think this is a week where maybe Akers gives you a decent performance, maybe finds the end zone as well. Um, I know it's weird. He's a third round pick. I'm calling him a sleeper. But but this is where we are after the first two weeks of the season. Uh, Who else you got as a sleeper this week?
5: Yeah, this one I'm definitely going a little bit deeper on. But I think Noah Brown for the Cowboys is a sleeper in week one. He saw nine targets, caught five of them for 68 yards in PPR leagues. That's nearly 12 fantasy points. And then in week two, five targets, caught all of them, 91 yards and a touchdown. It's just one of those things where, uh, one, he actually is getting the – everything that we thought Jalen Tolbert was going to be, that number two guy in snaps playing opposite of CeeDee Lamb to start the year, it's actually been Noah Brown, and I think the height needs, hasn't caught up to him yet. But also, like, it's just one of those things where we see a backup quarterback come in and just have chemistry and rapport with one of the backup wide receivers. And it's leading to success on the field. The only caveat is Michael Gallup. They're saying may try to give it a go this week. If Gallup suits up, I think that takes some of the shine away from Brown.
4: Yeah. I, that is something to kind of keep an eye on, though. I do wonder how much Gallup will yeah. go if he's able to get on the field. It's been a while since he's been there. I, I, I don't know if he plays, you know, say 90% of the snaps or something like that. Uh, my other one is Austin Hooper um, because The Raiders against tight ends have not been particularly great so far this season. We saw them. Uh, you know, give up touchdowns the first couple of weeks. I mean, they had Zach Ertz last week. They faced uh, Gerald Everett, and the Chargers, in Week One, and the Titans are still looking for some consistency among their pass catchers. We did see some Traylon Burks a little bit against the Bills on Monday night, but you know they're still trying to work in Nick westbrook akine They're still trying to get Robert Woods up to speed. Uh, I think there's an opportunity for Austin Hooper. And again, if you're if you're looking for a sleeper tight end, if you're streaming tight ends, you just want somebody that has the potential to catch a touchdown. And I think Austin Hooper can do that. And like I said at the beginning of the show, if Derrick Henry can start running the football effectively, that opens things up for everybody uh, coming up this weekend in the Tennessee passing game. If you want more sleepers, I got more sleepers for you. You can check out my column every single week at NFL.com slash sleepers. I'll have the names that I mentioned. I have Jacoby Myers. I will have some other names on there as well, so be sure to check that out. It comes out on Thursday morning, so uh, keep an eye out for that, and of course, we got plenty of fantasy content for you in your podcast feed. Of course, we got me and Florio here on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh, we've got the Stardom Sidem Show on Thursdays. We got Fantasy Q and A on Tuesdays and Fridays. Florio, we were just chocked full of podcast goodness all week long.
5: Yeah, I mean, we could be with you on all of your commutes, and there's no reason your fantasy lineup shouldn't be up to up to stuff when you're listening to us every single day,
4: every single day my mom doesn't even listen to me every single day so if you guys do. <laughs> i appreciate all of that you can check us out uh in the nfl fantasy app on the nfl channels you can subscribe to the nfl fantasy football show of course on your favorite podcast app so in the meantime that is it we are done we appreciate you hanging out with the nfl fantasy football show you know the drill tell two friends to tell two friends rate review and remember never put off till tomorrow what well, you can do the day after tomorrow be safe take care of yourselves enjoy week three and we'll talk to you next week
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
1: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools.